Welcome to the First Baptist Church podcast from First Baptist Church in Navasota, Texas. For more information, visit fbcnavasota.org. Guys, um, this past week, there were two holidays that went on, okay? Name a holiday that went on this past week. Yeah, it's Halloween. Halloween. That's a place where grown-ups dress in weird costumes and then go, yeah, you little kids can do that too. It, it originally, if you remember Halloween back in the days when I was a little kid, my, our moms and dads didn't walk with us around the neighborhood. They turned us loose, okay? Any of y'all have that experience where instead of them walking with you, they just said, y'all go. My dad was a dentist, and so when I got back, Dr. Butler, you'll appreciate this, when I got back with my sack of candy, and we, we figured out early on, my mom would give us a little a paper bag, a lunch bag, okay? And you ditched that in your room, and you took the pillowcase off of your pillow, and you went out with that because if a person, in those days in Farmer's Branch, Texas, if you held open your pillowcase, and the person looked in and saw there was no candy because it was kind of folded at the bottom, they would give you more. And so that's the experience I had with Halloween. It was a wonderful time. And guys, I want to share with you that Halloween is, is a, was originally put into place because of the next day. Now the next day is the day called All Saints Day. Hey, that's bright. There we go. All Saints Day. It's November 1st. And guys, Halloween is the obvious one. But November 1st, All Saints Day, it's a day to celebrate God's goodness among His people. It's to thank God for people in the past that have gone home to be with the Lord that are in heaven right now, as well as thanking God for people that are living for Him in devotion to Him that God has chosen and that they have chosen God. It is a day to celebrate both. So what is a saint? What really is a saint? Well, a saint is not just a good person. It's a person that God has not only chosen, but that is the person that has also chosen God as well. In Psalm 85, we find that God's people are saints because he uses the term God's people and saints interchangeably and that they are synonymous. Now, Jesus defined a saint in a wonderful dialogue between a man who asked him a question and all of those that were listening around him. And if you have your Bible this morning, I'm going to ask you to turn to Mark's Gospel, chapter 12. It's a scripture that we have used before. And I'm going to invite you to stand together because we're going to read God's Word. We stand to honor the holiness of God's Word and the privilege we have today to share it. Read with me. One of the scribes came and heard them arguing, and recognizing that he had answered them well, asked him, what commandment is foremost of all? Jesus answered, the foremost is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. The second is this, 
You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. The scribe said to him, Right, teacher, you have truly stated that he is one, and there is no one else besides him. And to love him with all the heart and with all of the understanding and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as himself is much more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered him intelligently, he said to him, You're not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one would venture to ask him any more questions. May God bless the reading of his word. Please be seated. This one interchange with this one man is an interesting study in what God says you and I are to be. You see, you're here in a Baptist church this morning. Guys, listen to me. Getting to heaven will not mean you're a member of a Baptist church. Getting to heaven won't mean you even go to church. Getting to heaven means that you belong to Jesus. That He died on the cross for your sins. And that there's not anything added on but what God has already done. When Jesus hung on the cross for your sin and mine, you don't have to add something else to that in order to get to heaven. That work is completed. It's finished. Jesus even said those very words as He was dying on the cross. Guys, the reason I share this with you is so often, and while I was away, while I was contemplating the very things that I really wanted to see happen in the fourth quarter of my life. This one came home again and again and again. Not that Clyde's going to be a saint. But if God's Word is true, and I believe it is, and He says that a saint is an unabashed follower of Jesus Christ, then for the next few years of my life, I want to be that. I don't want to go ahead and go through motions and, and, and keep trying to do the best I can and finding things that, that may make me feel better about being a Christian, but don't honor God at all. Quite frankly, if the Bible is true, and I believe it is, and it talks about a saint being a devoted follower of Jesus Christ, it's not the pastor that ought to be seeking that. That's something you and I both ought to be hunting down with every breath we have. A saint, the Bible says, is devoted to God by God. Now when you read that, you might think that what I'm saying is, well, by God, I ought to be devoted. That's not the way that should be read nor spoken. A saint is someone that is devoted to God. And by God, that part is that God did the choosing of you to become a part of His family and become a saint before you even knew you were you. The Bible says that He formed you in your mother's womb. And when He did, He already had a plan set aside for your life and for what you were going to do. And He already had planned an intersection with the cross. A time where you had a divine appointment that you were going to go ahead and learn about Jesus and then be able to make a willful, volitional choice of saying, 
I choose Jesus or I choose to reject Him. What we find in this scripture, Mark's Gospel, is an interesting account of a scribe. Now, a scribe was someone that was an important person in the Jewish theology and, and, and in their hierarchy. He would have been a staff member at a church. He was important. And he's just finished listening. And if you read Mark's Gospel, chapter 12, what you'll find is there's this constant dialogue. and The Bible even calls it an argument. It's about some of the teachers and some of the Sadducees that try to trap Jesus. And what they do is they start asking Him questions, trying to trip Him up. Now, if you've ever been in a situation like that, where someone, you know, look, all attorneys that are here, okay, I, I like you all. God likes you, okay? I don't believe what Shakespeare said. You're not the first to be on the chopping block or anything like that. But if you've ever had to be in court or if you've ever watched Perry Mason, look it up, kids. It's on YouTube, okay? And you see him and he begins to go ahead and interrogate or cross-examine somebody and you can almost feel the tension because this is leading up to something. And it's almost a case where the attorney is trying to go ahead, not trap, but trying to go ahead and get that person on the stand to admit or say something that is beneficial to the case. That's what Jesus was facing in Mark chapter 12. He's being asked questions not because they want the answer, but because they want to go ahead and find something that they can nail Jesus on. And then you got one guy. And instead of asking a loaded question, he asks this. Teacher, what is the most important commandment? Now guys, listen. How many commandments do we have in Exodus chapter 20? How many are there? There are ten. Ten commandments. The first Sunday in December, I'm going to pick somebody randomly here and you can earn $20. I do this once a year. Recite the Ten Commandments or recite the Twelve Disciples. You don't know which one I'm going to call, but I'm going to figure out one person, and you're going to be the one that ends up getting a chance to get the 20 bucks. Okay, it's only $20. It's just kind of a fun thing to do. But you ought to know the Ten Commandments. Do you realize that Jesus didn't give him one of the Ten Commandments? What he gave him was Deuteronomy a quote out of Deuteronomy called the Shema Israel. It is repeated in the Ten Commandments, but it basically says, Hear, O God, the Lord God is one. It was the very thing that when a Jewish man walked into the temple or the synagogue, he, that was the first thing out of his mouth when he walked in. Hear, O God, the Lord God is one. And I should love the Lord God with Everything I've got. And that would have been just fine with all of the people that were listening. All the teachers, all the Sadducees, all the scribes, and all the onlookers. But then he adds that little codicil. You like that? I, I used a legal term there, Linda. Codicil. And that is that little add-on. And it says... Now, by the way, as you love your, 
you Lord, the Lord your God, you love people the same way. Now you would have thought this guy would have finally said, you know what? I don't think I can live up to that. I'm not about that. But instead what ends up happening is he ends up saying to Jesus, I've got you on that. I understand what you want. You see, Jesus defines devotion by the greatest commandment where he ends up saying loving the Lord your God is so important. But then when he adds on that second part, he makes it difficult for you and me because we live in a sinful fallen world full of people like you and me that are difficult to love. You ever heard somebody say these words? I love you, but I don't like you. You ever heard that? Let me share with you, that's a real struggle. Because God calls you and me to love every single person you have ever laid eyes on. Republicans, that means you love Chuck Schumer. Democrats, you love Brett Kavanaugh. If you're a Christ follower, there's no escaping that. And that's what motivates this guy to step away from the politics that were going on in this argument and simply come to Jesus and ask him this question. What is it that, I, that is most important that I need to focus on? And when Jesus sh shared these words with him, that man got it. He got it. You see, not only did Jesus define devotion, but he ended up also then affirming the scribe's life and the question as different from all of the others that day. Jesus even says to him, you're headed in the right direction. You're not there yet, but you're getting there. Guys, let me share with you. Jesus is not through with you this morning. You may, be, you may feel that you are through with everything that is going on with God, but God is not through with you. He instead is, is pursuing you with headlong abandon because He loves you and He wants to go ahead and make you and mold you to be like Him. Not like a Baptist. Not like something that you see on a stage somewhere that, is, that is, is somehow holy. He wants you to be a saint, and that means devoted to Him, because He is devoted to you. And to live your life in an uncompromised way. There's a picture I want you all to see now. See how many of you all get it. Who is this lady? Well, she's just an old wrinkled up white lady. She was four foot ten. Little tiny thing, weighed less than a hundred pounds. And she felt called by God, listen to me folks, because she was approached with this very question. And the good authority of who approached her was another Bible hero of mine. A guy that stood for the Lord time and time again. Billy Graham. Can you imagine sitting in a room with Mother Teresa and Billy Graham 
and you get to be a fly on the wall and just listen to it? Billy Graham was talking with her, met with her. He met with presidents. He met, he met with every president that we've had up until the time he was physically unable to. He met with, with leaders of foreign countries. By the way, every time he met with a leader from a foreign country, no matter what that person's religious affiliation or lack of one was, he always gave them a Bible. He met with her. And he talked to her about salvation. And you know what her response was to him? It's interesting. Her response was, you and I serve the exact same Lord. Wait, a Catholic and a Baptist? Agreeing on that? She said, we serve the same Lord because Jesus died, listen to me, for me. Guys, that little lady decided that God's mission in her life was not to be a Billy Graham in front of thousands and millions of people, but to go help dying people in Calcutta, India. One of the things she used to do was to walk in. She spent 12 hours a day in what was known as the, the dying room. And she would go in and she would find one person every day and she would sit at their bedside and tell them how precious they were to Jesus. Now folks that could come in there didn't have to be Christians. As a matter of fact, most of them were not. They were Hindu, most of them. And she would love them and hold their hands and pray for them. And one man said, I have lived a life so far from God that I believed I was already in the pit of hell. And he said, now, the last hours of my life, I will get to see what heaven is really like. Not because Mother Teresa was there, but because she taught, told him that there's a God who loves you and is devoted to you and seeks your devotion to Him. Let me ask you a question. Is that lady a saint? This is yes, this is no, this is I'm going to sleep. Is she a saint, yes or no? If you're a Christ follower according to Psalm 85, and she was, she's in heaven. Please hear what I say. Regardless of whether a church says so, God said it. Whether you and I believe it or not is irrelevant. It's settled. God wants you to be, listen, not Mother Teresa. He wants you to be as devoted to Him as she is. God, there's no way. How in the world am I going to do that? Let me share with you, you can. You see, this tiny little nun stood the world on its ears by tending the poor in Calcutta, and she met and stood for God among president, world leaders, fearless against the wrath of other people's opinions. And God wants you to be that same person. Here's what God is offering you this morning. He is offering you sainthood. Sainthood. 
not affirmed by a church or a pastor, not affirmed by a, card, by a group of cardinals. He's offering you the chance to be forgiven of your sins in Jesus Christ. And by being forgiven of your sins, to then go ahead and ask God the hard questions like that guy did in Mark 12. What are the great, what's the great commandment? And the great commandment being, give yourself totally to God because God has given himself absolutely to you. Oh, by the way, once you do that, don't just leave your religion at church. Walk outside where real people are living and dying and practice your faith and your devotion there. Guys, what's going to happen next Sunday morning is you and I get a chance to practice our faith. Listen, Pat, how many people come in to the Christian Community Center a week? How many people do you service? All right. Let's say you have a huge week. Holiday season's coming up. Families are going to need food. Let's say that there are 100 people that come by this week. And next week when we pack those little packages of rice and beans, they're going to see those, and here's what's going to go through most of their minds. Wow, rice and beans. And if you're Roger and Gara Douglas, you're going to go, I need some hot sauce. But the rest of us, we're good with that. You get the, you get the rice and beans. They're not going to be sitting there going, I wonder who it was that packed the rice and beans for us. I wonder who it was that got the rice and beans. They're like that dying man in the dying room in Calcutta. You give them a chance not to feel good about yourself because you did something nice and you packed rice and beans at the Baptist church on Sunday, November 11th. You get the chance to practice your devotion to God and to bless man. It isn't social ministry. It is the heart of what Jesus says is most important. Guys, two weeks from today, we're going to talk about hell of all things. We're going to talk about hell and how this is a place that you don't want anyone to go to. Practicing your devotion by filling the bag with rice and beans is great. But if I saw my neighbor's house on fire, as I was driving home this morning to my house, and I see it over there, and I see it's on fire, I've got one of two choices. I would hope you would pick up your phone and call 911. Instead of going, oh, no, no, somebody else probably called 911. I hope you would do that. And if God put on your heart and you had the ability, I hope you would stop your car and run in to see if there's somebody in there that needs to be saved. But guys, I'm going to share with you, we too often go ahead and couch our devotion to God with the idea that if I simply show up at church on Sunday morning, I'm devoted. I'm doing what the majority of people in Navasota don't do. Guys, that's the same as driving into your garage and going, it's okay, somebody else will handle that emergency next door. May we be people that are devoted to God 
and devoted to the ones that you love most of all. You see, you're offered sainthood by God, not to go ahead and become a good person, but instead to become a Christ follower himself. Not because you're in a Baptist church or that you're good enough. It only requires instead your consent because God will not barge in. And you have to agree to be His totally and completely without relying on any other man's work or any other man's word. You either believe that what God has said about Jesus is true here in the Bible or it is all a lie to you. And in fact, as God wants your consent this morning, He will also tell you the fine print of the cross that it will cost you everything that you have, not in your pocketbook or your purse, but instead everything that you hold and say is important about you. Share this with, the, with you as a close. When I got to Englewood, Florida, and I unpacked everything, and I got into the house, turned the water on, turned the air conditioner on, got ready to settle in for three and a half weeks of wonderful bliss. I'm an introvert. I really enjoy being alone. Okay, doesn't mean I don't like people. It means I really enjoy recharging the battery alone. Are there any other introverts in this, oh, God bless you, God bless you. Aren't extroverts weird? I married one. I got there. And as I was putting everything into place, I turned the television on, and the weather channel was on, and, and they had the little tune. Da, 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 that they only play during hurricanes. And I'm like, ah, it's October. We don't have hurricanes here. Oh, yeah, we do. And so for the next two days, this relaxing time, I'm trying to think, yeah, the little thing may hang a right. And here's old Clyde. And Stacy called, she said, you realize there's a hurricane out in the Gulf of Mexico? Yes, ma'am, I do. What are you going to do? If God takes me here, I'm good. Well, the hurricane hit Panama City Beach and Mexico Beach. It avoided Navasota, Texas, and Inglewood, Florida. Please hear me. That means that God is not finished with us. And the work we are to do for Him and to others, and we've got some work ahead of us. And the first step of that work is letting Him have you this morning. Will you do that? Let's pray. Father, we're thankful this morning for your holy goodness. In the next few minutes, God, I believe there are going to be people here that, that want to say, I want Jesus to be, to be my Lord. I don't want to rely on anything else but Him. And God, if that's their heart and this is that time, then God, give them peace about saying that publicly today. During this song, God, if you're calling folks to you, whether it is a first-time relationship, Father, maybe even to say, I want to join this church, then God, as we sing this song, give them confidence that this is the time to come and to make that public. 
you attend our every need, convict every sin, and encourage every believer. I pray that would honor you right now as we come into this time. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Stand together, church.